for that really crappy intro music. Um, but today we're joined by my friend Jesse, and uh, Jesse happens to be quite possibly the best medic I've ever met in my life. Uh, if you put us together, we're 1.5 medics. Um, Jesse, so welcome, and yeah, I don't know if you know how the format works, but you know, just introduce yourself and just let people know like how you transferred or transitioned out of the military cool all right appreciate it man thanks for having me um yeah i'm kind of digging that uh funky intro man that's that's pretty cool it didn't sound as good uh the first time i heard it but the more i listened to it dude, it just really you know kind of grows on you but um all right so um uh, 22 years in the military and the army and, uh, got out back in 2016 but i want nothing to do with the military right nothing at all. I was going to go to school, I was going to sit in my garage, work on my bike, Dave, rebuild this Harley, drink a lot of beer. Alright. And I did that for about, I don't know, three months. Three months and then got into school, started working, trying to finish my uh, my bachelor's. That uh, kind of, dude, it, it wasn't as cool as I thought it was going to be, okay? So I drank a lot of beer, I got really fat. Um, I know you like to talk about beards, so of course I grew this stupid freaking big-ass beard that the wife hated. Um, but yeah, man, I got out and went to school, um, decided, like I said, nothing to do with the military. Uh, started giving, got into insurance, started selling uh, insurance, all different types. Decided to uh, run an operation, I was operation manager for an insurance company, um, found out about a year into it that I mean, actually, I found out probably about three months into it, I freaking hated it, dude. Hated it. Hated the people I worked with. Uh, just didn't like them. They were not punctual. They didn't work on the right time. Uh, I guess that's, you know, growing up in the military, you're like, you got to be somewhere 10 minutes prior to the 10 minutes prior, uh, you know. So, did that for a while. Ride to... Again, I was like, well, I'm not going to get into the military thing. I'm going to work on my uh, operations management type stuff. Uh, applied for all kinds of companies. Got some cool freaking uh, interviews. Uh, and the interviews were just really like, yeah, we can start you at like this much money. I was like, are you, uh, are you kidding me? Like, dude, like, you know what I do? You know what I've done? Like, you're not starting me at $50,000 a year. Especially when you come off active duty as an E8, you know that deployment money is always great, but you can't stay deployed all the time. So, um, kind of hit a wall there for a minute for a little while, man. Uh, yeah, and then I found my way back in. Got had some guys call me and say, "Hey, you want to get back into uh, working some contracts?" Uh, started doing that security. So I think a lot of it fall back on security because that's what we do. Military, so worked some cool gigs, did some private security, a um, couple musicians, and like a fashion designer, did hiring stuff. Um, realized I kind of hated that too, because you were just like, they told you to where you had to be, what they wanted to do, and change the shit on you at last minute, and be like, nah, now I want to go here. I'm like, damn, okay. Just a chauffeur, basically, and pick up their bags and go shopping with them and stuff, but, um, I mean, there's probably cooler security stuff out there, but for me, that wasn't it, so now I'm, uh, back into contracting, teaching some, uh, tech med and TCCC, you know, for the Navy and Air Force, so that's what I'm doing now, man. So, yeah, so that's really good, um, so, uh, I know uh, earlier you, <laughs> well, 
I know you, earlier you had gone like overseas doing a couple of contracting things. Uh, how how did you go about that? Like how how do you even know what what companies to reach out to? Because you know I, I don't see ads on like Yahoo for right, overseas yeah. contracting. Yeah, it's all like um, it's all who you know, man. Because I did some contracts and they they weren't really paying out well. You know, back in the day, uh, when we were, you know, we were still active, you know, early, like, about 2010 uh, contracts, I was like, man, I can't wait to get out, man. The guys are making $1,000 a day, you know. Now, that kind of dried up, you know, with everything kind of closing down. Uh, the last year, you know, Afghanistan, you know, closed that up. There's no more contracts, but those schools, security schools, weren't, um, they weren't paying well. And I'm not going to go risk my life for $600 a day to go protect somebody overseas. So, yeah, I kind of, you know, back and forth, man. I was doing stuff here in the States, but somebody reached out to me. Uh, another guy I worked with on a uh, FEMA contract during uh, COVID. So, you know, I probably during COVID, the height of COVID, uh, I worked the most. I made the best money that I've made since I got out of the military, man. And that's just because they, they went for instructors with a medical background, like, you know, that had some teaching skills and took me out to Columbus, Ohio, or Columbus, uh, yeah, Ohio, and then freaking uh, kind of hung out there for a year, man, and made good money, man. So, So you were out there for your, can you tell, because um, I'm sure there's some guys out there that are hearing this and thinking, well, hey, man, that sounds awesome, you know, I could do that. But can you talk a little bit about, like, how did that affect your family life? Because we were always gone when we were right. in, and we get out so we could be with their family, and it sounds like we were kind of right back in that situation. Yeah. Um, did not look at wanting to do that, do those deployments again um but the wife she kind of she really looked at how miserable i was working here working these normal jobs that i was doing she was like you know this is your element this is where you need to be and you'll suck it up for a couple of years uh, she's my rock man she supported me through all this and down you know my low times uh, we'll get to that <laughs> but um she pushed me and said uh, she don't want me gone Family doesn't want me gone. Kids don't want me gone. But uh, that's kind of my little happy place, I guess. I, I'm a little more in my zone, in my atmosphere, you know. Uh, and then, you know, I can't complain. Money's not bad. You get into the right. Again, like, you know, it's all who you know. Um, and, you know, you reach out to the right people for the contracts to know what they're doing. They'll steer you in the right direction. So for me, like when I got out, you know, I talked about I wasn't ready for the silence, you know, because all of a sudden, just one day, it was there were no more phone calls, no more emails, no more texts. I didn't have 10,000 apps going off. I didn't have Wicker, WhatsApp, Signal. Uh, yeah. I, I don't even remember what that one crazy one was called, but... Uh, at one point, I had five different apps on my phone going off because they were all different levels of secure. And everybody insisted that I had to use that one. And it was insane. Right. right. Um, so for me, I wasn't ready for that, just that silence. It sounds like, I guess, I guess a routine of just traveling a lot was um, what you were used to. Yeah. Um, you talk about these apps real quick, man. I had no idea what the hell they were up until recently. So, um, yeah, now that I'm working these new contracts, I'm working with the Department of State here in Arizona. So, um, they had all these, we have to go up, we had all these secure, uh, communications again, man. And it's just, it's just new stuff. I don't even know what that is. Yeah, that stuff, that was kind of new to me. Um, 
but the deployment plan, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess it's kind of you just fall back on what you're used to. But I'm still, I'm still trying to find the right thing, man, to tell you the truth. But uh, right now, I'm happy with what I'm doing. Uh, again, like I said, being away from the family is the hardest part, but when I'm working contracts like this, um, for the most part, when you are a 1099 contractor, you make your schedule. So I know I can work hard for six months and then take two months off. You know, um, summertime comes around, I'm like, yeah, I'm taking the time off to go hang out at the beach for a couple of days, or we're gonna go on a vacation for a week. Um, so, independent contracting, man, I, that's I feel like I can never go to a, a regular nine to five job, uh, W2 job. That's not me. I'm just you know, starting my own business so I can just pay into my. That's how I get paid, you know. And yeah, no, that's great. Um, you know, for me, I knew like I needed a nine to five. I wanted to be a haminator, you know, <laughs> a normal Joe. You know, yeah. just nine to five. I'm working eight to four. Okay. And when when four o'clock hits. I'm out. I'm gone. Right. Don't. Don't have to say anything to anyone. I'm just. Lights are out. Doors closed. I'm, I'm gone. Yeah. And you know, I, I'm not gonna lie. I miss it a little bit because uh, I I miss the craziness because throughout the day I'm in my office by myself and it's just quiet. Yeah, I can't do that, man. Like, I can't. Even sitting at home working, I got my home office. Like I get sidetracked, hear the dogs barking. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna go sit outside, drink coffee, and then you know, I just start looking at social media on the phone, go down a rabbit hole, and then I'm like, two hours later, oh shit, man, I gotta get back to work. You know? um, <laughs> so, I, yeah, I don't, yeah, I can't, I can't work, I can't just sit alone. I like the so, team environment. Uh, so for me, I knew I, I interviewed for a few jobs, and I guess new hotness out in uh, the regular world is remote right. working. Yeah, no, I, no way. <laughs> and I, I had to like, like they kept pushing that. It's like, well, yeah, you can work from home, and we'll pay you this amount. It's like I had to tell one hiring manager, I will take less money if you let me come into work every day of the week because I'm not sitting at home and right, they just didn't yeah. understand that's just I don't know I think that's a, a reason like unless you're structured like you have you like some you know to be you have structure man like you have if I'm sitting here alone man I'm like unless you give me a real job to do I'm not I went back. I like the team dynamic that I'm in right now. Uh, being a team lead for a program that it, it gives me something. Guys rely on me. Like, hey man, I need you know. Do we have this information? I'm I'm constantly feeding them information. So that kind of keeps me on track. But I could not work from home, man. It's like a, it's just a, a permission to get fat, dude. Sit around, do nothing. You know. That's for me. I mean, yeah, you like that stuff. For some people, you can keep yourself on track. Cool, but not for me. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally understand. I had to withdraw an application because they just weren't. They didn't understand that I wanted to come into the office. <laughs> like, what the hell's wrong with you, dude? You can work at home. I said, sure, uh, okay, I'll compromise. One day out of every two weeks, I'll work from home. It's like, no, 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 you have to work from home two days a week, every week. It's like, uh, you're insane, I'm not doing that. Yeah. Um, but you were talking about a little bit about like networking, um, about right. like who you know to get into the contracts. Like, how, so can you explain a little bit about your network? Um, like, you know, you've you known me for years and you know I'm like, most people I, I don't want to listen to and I don't really trust. Yeah. But I trust you. So can you um, 
just explain a little bit about your network and how you developed that? So my networking, I really found out, I, I got to give it to you know, working in the insurance industry because you were always out trying to meet people, going to these functions and trying to sell them shit like, you know, hey, you know, this is what I need. You know, you need life insurance. You need like this health insurance. You need this health. Um, so working in the insurance industry really helped me out with that. Um, and then, so working, you know, doing this, going back into teaching uh, tax heads, you know, consistency, you know, it really started reaching out to other medics, other medicine, you know, Air Force, Navy, um, telling them, hey, you got something going on. So I had a lot of guys get out and start, you know, med um, and everybody wants to do training. Everybody wants to teach, you know. All the medics always want to do some kind of tactical medical training. Uh, all the infantry guys want to do some shooting tools. Like, I'm going to start taking a lot of the land and start you know, shooting tools. And that's cool. At first I saw no value in it, but I'm like, you know what? Networking, I'm going to go ahead and throw myself out there. Like, hey, I, I'm going to need this class. You know, Let's say you got an NRA class coming up. I'll come out and teach. You some tech heads, bring your guys in. You know, but I'll get five free, and uh, you know, we'll have the other five pay for it. So you know, ten people in the class, but because I get those five people in there for free, um, you know, I, I need to give them you know some of the uh, NRA classes and stuff like that. Um, so I kind of hook them up, you know, tit for tat type of thing. You know, um, if I drop, you know hook up some of your boys to some classes and you know, hook me up, get me some certification. So uh, that's what's kind of been working on. And then from there, just kind of working the security side. Because, you know, the guys would call me and be like, hey, can you do me a, some business this week? And I'm like, I do security work. And they're like, yeah, great. I'll come out and help you out, man. That's me type thing. Um, but keep me in mind, you've got some business stuff going on there. And I need some help. So that's kind of where it went down. Um, now working more contracts, meeting more guys. They got other businesses going on. Just not just tactical stuff, but you know, uh, for instance, there's a, a guy I work with on a constant basis. He has a uh, event company, so he can put together you know some NCAA tent days or uh, some memorial runs to raise money for people who jump at. Um, keep in contact with people, man. That's the biggest thing I say. You know, keep in contact. If don't close any doors, and you know, every once in a while, reach out. Go on LinkedIn and see what they've been doing. You know, hey, you know, I see you in, you know, working a new job, or or you got a new company now. So you know, working for this new company. You know, what do they have out there? You know, how can I make some money or <laughs> you know get involved in this stuff too? You're gonna be on social media. You might as well make it worth it and you know, talk to people instead of just sitting there sending smiley faces and hearts on your freaking app. <laughs> you know. Yeah, no, that's that's true. Um, so I I'd have to say there's probably about like 25 jobs that I was interested in um, through LinkedIn. Um, I I didn't apply to all of them. Um, but I would have never have known that they were out there if I had wasn't on LinkedIn so much. Right. And now with this podcast, you know, every time there's a new episode, you see my nice smiling face on LinkedIn. There you go. <laughs> see that picture? On your horrible. You guys should that picture there. No, 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 no. I'll try so to that's... figure out what the hell that was at first. I'm like, what is that? Okay, so uh, let, let's exp <laughs> let's explain this, right? Because I said I was going to explain this. Um, so the last time I was on a team, right? Of course, I was going back down to South America. Um, I I wanted to come up with the team T-shirts early on in the training cycle. So I told my guys, "Hey, come up with the design, and then we'll put the order in, and I'll pay for them, right?" Well, they waited and waited and waited and waited and waited. And it was probably about, I don't know, 
three weeks before you're going to actually get on the airplane and leave. Like, hey, we have a design. And it's like, but it's too late now. What, when are we going to wear them? We're not going to be wandering through the Amazon wearing these brown t-shirts saying, screaming, hey, we're soldiers. That doesn't work. Like, it's too late. You missed it. You missed your opportunity. Um, so, of course, we go, we deploy, we come back. And as usual, they decide, hey, we're going to take that team and just dissolve it completely. Um, well, the team leader, he, one of the few officers that I actually respect, and when he talks, I, I listen to him because he's an intelligent person, not just military-wise, but just in life in general. Um, so I was leaving the company, moving on to be the senior medic for our battalion, right? And uh, so we went to go have lunch, and as I'm leaving, they give me Got what it was. It was uh, some. Uh, it was a small plaque, and then he brings out these T-shirts. And the T-shirts, they put my picture on the front. He took a picture of my face, and he put it on the. That was our team logo, my face. And on the back of the T-shirt, it was a hammer. And I asked, well, what does a hammer signify? It's like because they put it. There was a statement. That's a nice idea, but dot, dot, dot. It's like, well, that hammer is you smashing all of our good ideas. It's like, okay. So that picture is a picture of our last uh, team t-shirt. I can't hear you. Your, cheap, your $5 microphone yeah, isn't working. Cool. Yeah, there you go. I was uh, stepping away from the mic for a minute. Yeah. Um, all right. Now I know that. So, and like I explained in the uh, episode with Junior. Um, yeah. You know the the skull and the beret. That was just to get people's attention for like the first episode. So yeah, you might see it and click on and listen. Maybe you might come back for episode two. But the whole point yeah. of this podcast is to. Let people know that it's okay to transition away from the military. Right. That was part of your life, but that doesn't have to be the rest of your life. If you wanted to be great, like if you if, if you want to retire and still live that lifestyle and still think you're in, have at it. There's nothing wrong with that. Man, that just so when you get out, I, my suggestion to people is like, you have to let it go. Um, I worked, you know, like I said, doing some other jobs and. One of the guys is uh, in charge of the, the program, the program manager. First time you, you meet somebody and you say, I'm a retired 06. I'm a retired 06 and from the Army. And that's, that was his opening. And the first time me and him got to sit down and he wanted to tell me, you know, about my performance and stuff in the job. Like he's giving me you know, a little evaluation and like how I need to fix myself. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. I'm listening to it. Well, you know, um, I was at 06 and I was training in the Army. And I was like, oh, let me stop there for a second. Like, you know, if you have to remind people that you did, you know, then you know, you're not doing good at, you know, you're not good at what you do now. So I was like, so what do you do now? He's like, well, I'm the program manager. I was like, okay, so 06 means nothing. Like, you know, to most of the people, and some of the people never even worked with me before. So, and you're like talking to me like that. I'm just going to lose. I know you lose me. You're going to lose a lot of military guys, guys from our background, and they're just soft. Like, you know, don't start your, 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 your conversation like that. But that's one thing um, to kind of think about. Kind of let the military go a little bit. Enjoy what you did. You know, you're not always, you know, think about the good times. Forget about all the shitty times. But uh, you got to let some of it go. No, definitely. We were in a meeting today, and I was, uh, it was a conference call with people across the country. So I had to introduce myself, and so I did. And then my coworker said, oh, and, and he, was a, he was a first sergeant before. It's like, none of that applies now. What, did you give him the pronouns? My, no. 
<laughs> no pronouns. Oh, no okay. pronouns. <laughs> that's good. Not not in the job interview. No, that's good. I, I'm I'm thinking if they if I gotta introduce myself with, you know, my pronouns, dude. I'm just walking out, dude. I'm like, yeah, it's not. I gotta go. <laughs> yeah. No. Um. This is still North Carolina, and uh, that hasn't caught on here. Maybe up in oh. Raleigh, but not down here. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in California, bro. So, <laughs> Get a I'm surprised you're not out protesting something. No, nah, man. I don't protest. Come on, dude. I speak for myself. It's true. You know, girls are down. They're downtown right now, bringing down the Sixth Street Bridge. So that'd be pretty good. <laughs> well, I wasn't gonna go down that avenue, but since you did, um, I guess like, what's life like in California? Leaving? Yes, I grew up there. But right, right. I haven't lived there in over twenty years. What was like? What was that like transitioning from military town, mm -hmm. North Carolina, to probably one of the most liberal places on the planet? Right. You know, uh, when I got out here though, two thousand sixteen, it was just kind of like it wasn't that bad. It was things were just kind of normal. I had lived in a small, no, a resort small town, more of a farming view of it, but uh, not anymore. I mean, the last five years, all we have is markets and little shopping malls now, and a lot of industrial. All the farms have been replaced with industrial buildings, uh, you know, looking to be reopened. But it was fine, man. It was good. Uh, you know, we, we COVID hit. People lost their damn minds. Uh, you can't go outside and you say good morning to somebody, except for my neighbors. You know, hey, I go to the house. Hey, man, say good morning. I'm like, what's up? Get freaking penis in my forehead, dude. Like, why is that guy talking to me? You know. And for the most part, about thirty percent, maybe forty. Well, definitely in L.A., almost like ninety percent. Everybody's still wearing masks, dude. Like crazy. They're just like it's part of a fashion statement now. You know, they're not uh, gonna match your mask with your outfit. So it's kind of dumb. Um, stay away from that area. Um, so we keep to myself. It, it's chaotic, bro. Like these. Uh... So can you explain something for me? So I went out there a few years ago. Uh, and evidently, they charge for um, grocery bags. Yeah. And when I went to the grocery store, I noticed that the young lady that was putting my groceries in the bag, just trying to put all of my groceries in one bag. Right. And so I asked, like, was there a shortage? And she said, no, we have to charge you for the bags. And so I thought, like, they were charging $20 for each bag. <laughs> right. And then she – so I asked her, like, well, how much are they? And she said, well, they're 10 cents. 10 cents. Yeah. So I, I to me, is the economy really that bad out there that people can't afford – I don't know, 50 cents for, for maybe five bags. No. Because I also saw people that would just put their groceries back in the cart with no bags. Right. I think they're trying to deter people from um, so much plastic. Um, and what they did was just increase the plastic that they have. Like instead of those thin bags that they were using, they got these really thick bags. Um, they charge you 10 cents. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's crazy, man. So they just haven't changed when it first came out, I was like, 10 cents for a bag, you serious? Now I go there, I don't even take my bags back. You know? Well, I gave the girl a $5 bill, so then everybody behind me could have bags too. Basically, man. Or you can just buy those, you know, reusable. No, I'm Mexican, I don't believe in any of that. Yeah, yeah, reusable. So. No reusable shit. <laughs> Especially since it seems like California is the only state that's actually doing that, and the rest of the world is uh, we're just going to do what we want. True. Yeah, I mean, we're a whole different – we might as well be another country up here. You know? um, we're, so we're almost that, down that road. You know? I, I try not to mention too much about the military, about our past, because we want to move forward, right? Right. Um, but I explained this to my sisters, um, that when I was in Peru, I was down at the river, we were fishing, and – I was pretty impressed because they had a garbage truck that would go by and collect the trash, right? It's like, wow, they, they, they're pretty modern, right? Because we were out in the Amazon, right? Yeah. Well, then the truck comes up to maybe about 400 meters down from where we were fishing. And I'm like, wow, that's pretty impressive because 
there's pretty some rough roads. So I thought like they were going up to one of the houses up on the hill. No, no, no. They backed the truck up to the river and then dumped all the trash into the river so it could make its way out into the ocean. And so when I think about California having these crazy uh, rules about no plastic straws or you have to charge 10 cents for a bag, it's like, uh, that's awesome because we saw the streets of Iraq and what that yeah. looked like. Yeah. And uh, so no plastic straws. So now they have like, you know, these paper straws. <laughs> have you seen those? Um, yeah, that's awesome. Paper straw. So like you get about about 30 seconds into your drink and the damn paper straw fell apart again already. So you got to go get another straw. So now we just have extra paper all over the place. Um, Guess that's better than plastic, you know. You don't have turtles stringing them, strangling themselves with paper straws. I don't know, man. We're living in a crazy world. Uh, again, more power to you. And, and somebody has to live in California. You're taking yeah. one for the team. Yeah. Unfortunately, I do at this time. I'm ready to get out of here. So uh, I've got kids in school, so once they're done, I'm getting out of here. So, you know, we always talk, talk about a little bit about mental health uh, on the right. show um, because, you know, for me, it's something very important. Um, I used to try to hide it I, and say that there was nothing wrong with me. It's like, and I had a conversation uh, with the colonel, you know, who, and she was saying, well, I don't have PTSD. It's like, well, yeah, you do. It's like, it's not normal uh, to have, be mortared, have rockets launched at you and, Maybe you didn't take. Maybe you weren't clearing rooms, but what we all went through is not normal, right? And we all have PTSD, whether we want. It's like we're out of the army. There's we're we're not competing anymore. Like I saw more action than than you did. It's like who cares? Right. None of that matters anymore. And we should be trying to help each other, supportive, not still clinging on to that. Well, you know, you only left the fob like three times, so. <laughs> You don't. Who, who cares? Right. That nonsense of of a fobbit. Like they went and they did their job. Yeah, people uh, process you know um, trauma differently. You know, so uh, you can't. Yeah, I mean, I did the same thing. You know, like how? What? How did you? You were in the Air Force. You didn't think about that. You were in the Navy. You were on a ship. You know. So. You, can't do that. Um, everybody processes that, that, that trauma what it is. Um, I love what you're what you're trying to do here to bring it to light. Because um, yeah, it's not something we talk about when we're on active duty. You know, I think me and you just because you know we were in some of the groups the guys we were with we talked about it a little more in our little groups. You know, maybe when we were going through some of the shit. But um, that's what you got to do, man. Find those people that that you're close with you know, talk about it every once in a while because uh, you know family members don't always understand um, but you also um, I think I had to sit down and explain it to you know my wife uh, um, we had to talk about it get have a real good talk about it because I'm like hey this is the kind of stuff I'm dealing with um, I shut down every once in a while, and she would see that shutdown as I was it was directing it towards her, and she'd be like, "Oh, why, what are you mad at me for?" And so it became more of an argument. Um, so now she's kind of now that I kind of opened up to her about it, she's like, "Well, I mean, this is a few years ago. Now she knows, like, hey, you're, you're getting in that rut. You need to kind of snap out of it. Let's go do something. Let's get out. You know, let's go hang out with your family." Yeah, okay. Well, that definitely helps. Uh, you can explain it, what you're going through. Uh, maybe not details. Like, I don't tell her everything or anything that, that we saw. Or, you know, every once in a while, I'm going to be talking, bring something up to the light. She'll be like, well, what happened? You know, so we kind of talk about it. But gradually, you, okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Had the kid bust in on me, but, uh, yeah, that's you really have to be open about it. And you got to find that those groups of people that are, can understand what you're, you know, 
to give you that also experience that. Yeah, no. Um, so I was, you know, talking today about, you know, when when Afghanistan happened last year, and it looked like they might have to send like a security force in there. You know, I, I was still in my tail end of my career. You know, first hard time was coming to an end. I had people come into my office and say, uh, hey, Top, you know, if they're looking for volunteers, like, I want to go. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, I, it's like, and I had, I looked at them, it's like, who, what do you think this is? A movie? What, what do you think I'm going to stand up and applaud? And it, I had three people come in and say that. I had to tell all three of them, it's like individ- at different times, get out of my office before I throw you out of here. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, watching that unfold kind of, uh, you know, uh, we knew it had to come to an end eventually, but uh, you know, watching it unfold, seeing what happened. Uh, yeah, there was a part of me that was like, you know, shit, I'll go back there. And I'm like thinking, why? In like 20 years, if we could fix anything, what, what kind of difference would I make going back? Um, you know, I had people reaching out too, like, hey, are you willing to, you know, go out there and help do some recovery operations? We need medics. And I was like, yeah, no, man. I, I mean, I did my tour, you know. <laughs> I'm done. So I had to think about it, you know. Um, you know, same thing with, you know, Ukraine pops up, and all of a sudden, everybody wants to be a freaking hero, and you know, and want a book, movie written about them or something. Like, hey, I'm going, to, I'm going to do it. Yeah, good, good luck, man. Like, yeah, I, I think there's, can, there's some, this crazy myth, or what's the word I'm looking for? Romanticism with. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The idea of going and being a hero, and right. you know, it's a lot different when people are shooting at you. Yeah, and then it's not so much fun anymore, and there's really no way to describe that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm done with that. I can't. I mean, I still go places now, but still work in this area for the most part. <laughs> Well, I mean, I, I think I mentioned it on a previous episode where, you know, I uh, went back to East Los Angeles in 2014 and I took my daughter and showed her where I lived and she was all excited. It's like, hey, are we going to get out? It's like, no, not going to get out. The doors are staying locked and the windows are staying yeah. up. We're, we're not getting right, out. Right. You're crazy. Yeah. That's funny. Uh, yeah, I heard you talk about that. I think you, we were talking about that before too. Yeah. It's like, hey, you coming back to California? I'm like, hell no. Why? You know, so, yeah. Um, there's definitely some areas in this place that look like you know what I, I it's weird about when people say you know that have never been out here and like I want to go visit LA. Just go ahead and watch freaking Kurt Russell escape from LA or escape from New York, and that's the shit you're gonna see. Okay, <laughs> just watch that movie, those two movies, man, and that's it. You've already done your tour of LA, man, because it's crazy. Freaks come out at night. Seriously, man. Like, as soon as the, they're like, hey, gotta get back in your house before the sun goes down. Like, boom, like, demon people are like, shit. For real, dude. Like, it's, it's damn near that close. So, when I was growing up, people used to ask, like, what part of East LA I was from, right? And I don't know if you ever saw that music video from Cheech, from Cheech and Chong. Yeah, yeah. Born in East LA. Yeah. And then he's naming all the streets, right? And it's like, Whittier, and then you see a bunch of people, yay! It says Third Street, yay! And he comes up to you, City Terrace! And it's like 10 gangbangers. <laughs> like, that's where I live. And so I try to explain to people, it's like, look, the military is, was an opportunity for me to improve my life and the life of my family. And it was a very valuable part because it offered me the opportunity to um, earn my college degree. And I just make sure that they're on my uh, resume because I'm not yeah. taking those off. Yeah. How many are you putting on there? 
All, all, every winter. All every, every, winter. every degree goes on there. Right. <laughs> and, uh, but you know, it helped me improve my Spanish because it wasn't, it still isn't the best, but it's a lot better than when I came in. It helped me improve my French. You know, yeah. Learned a little Portuguese. So it provided me opportunities. And I like to make sure that everybody knows that, like, I don't hate my time in the military. I enjoyed it. Met some really good people. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to go back. You know? Mm-hmm. That time's done. I want to... There was things that I think I would do different, though, you know, like in the military. I, I, I mean, I was still doing the military, but for sure in Afghanistan, I was still doing the military. But I think I would, uh, I probably would take two things a little bit different. Like, like I miss it. I don't miss bullshit, dude. I, I, I miss the camaraderie, you know, and just hanging out with people. Those days when we just were fucking jet master duties and you're coming off the drop zone and you're just you know, sitting in the back of the truck and drinking you know, a few beers before we head back to the house and stuff, you know, and let, let the cans fly out on down Chicken Road as they're driving back <laughs> on the base, you know, but um, that's the kind of shit I miss right there, dude. Like, you can't talk about that, you know, that's not like something you'd do, like, hey, man, you know, I want to walk out, you know, walk over to the GD club <laughs> right across the street from the company and, you know, have a few pitchers before I head back to work, you know. <laughs> so it's, I mean, I don't even think they, you guys do that anymore. But you know, that was like part of the culture back then. Was you know, uh, old school green beret. So it was just like, sweet. You know, that's the shit I miss sitting around. Don't talk about toys like that. But sitting around with old older guys. You know, we we are now the older guys. And I don't think any young guys look to me. I'm like, I'm fucking young guys around here. I should not like we did, or I did, you know, when I was a guy with all the old, you know, the 50s and hear the stories about the 80s and, you know, what the Army was like. Um, but, yeah, man, that's the kind of stuff I miss, too. Yeah, and, again, that's part of the reason why we're doing this podcast is, you know, so people can reach out, like, you know, maybe you have your close-knit friends that you haven't talked to in a while, and this is just a reminder, like, they're you know, with technology, it's it's almost impossible to not get in contact with someone. Right. That that these people, if you can't get in co- contact with them, it's because they're going to be like me in about twelve years, where I just moved to my little island and I have no technology whatsoever. Okay. Or like Jim, Reno man, where the hell is that guy? At? He just fell uh, well, off. that that's that's a story <laughs> for another podcast. And, if we could find them, dude, I'd like to get them on here, man. Like, that'd be cool. Because after uh, my retirement, that fool just disappeared. Yeah, I'm just a little worried about the state that he's in to have him on a podcast. I think there's bigger right, issues right. going on with that guy. And we should try to find him. I mean, try to, man. I was reaching out. But, you know, there's guys. But, yeah, like you said, there's, there's the social media is like, you cannot. I mean, there's people that I found that I, when I was young, two, three, four, that reached out and said, hey, man, you know, remember me? And I'm like, yeah, heck yeah, you know, or, you know, they would hit me up, they would look me up, you know, so have them on there. Um, but, yeah, social media is definitely uh, uh, has its perks. Um, definitely has a lot of uh, downfalls, too, you know, like I said, going down that rabbit hole, start sitting around watching funny cat videos for two hours and just lost half your day, you know? Yeah, I got to admit, I wasted probably about uh, two hours of work today uh, just looking to see how many people downloaded my uh, podcast. (laughs) All four of them. (laughs) Four is better. Four is more than three. (laughs) Every day you add a new one, even better, man. Um, I, no, dude, I, I listen just because I, I want to see who's on there and what kind of stuff's up. You know, I hit this dude. I call Junior right now. You know, and like like I said, you know, my daughter, I love her, but she's getting pretty good with her uh, comebacks. And <laughs> she told me straight out, it's like you have a face made for radio. 
have a voice made for silent film. <laughs> so it's like, think awesome. Eventually, man, you got to put these in video. But, you know, you, baby steps. You got to, you know, I'm sure Joe Rogan, or maybe, I don't know, maybe Joe Rogan was great as soon as he started, but I'm not that guy. Yeah, I think it, it, <laughs> Joe could get on the Joe Rogan, but um, it, it, to watch the videos, it, some of them you have to see. Like sometimes I listen and it's just, if you watch it, you're like, oh, great. Junior's episode would have been a, a good episode to have on video. Um, yeah. There were, I don't know, three, four different people walking through, so it was actually oh, okay. very entertaining. Yeah, who was all there? I, I heard all the names. I wanted to just say, like, hey, this we're at his shop, you know, and yeah, people are working, but that wasn't really the case. We were at his shop, but there were just a lot of people walking through. That's cool though, but yeah, I, I definitely like what you're doing. Man. I think I think we have very similar thoughts about it too. I think uh, how about being able to help people out and you know, uh, my 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 career was successful in the military for the most part. I think it was just because I was surrounding myself with the right people, um, and I always look to keep smarter people around me. So you know, you know how I work, but I'm. Hey, uh, this is what we got to get done. Let's get everybody's idea. And I either say, yeah, that was dumb, or whatever. Or, you know, that's a good idea. Let's run with that. But uh, surround yourself with the right people, man. Uh, you know, the ones that are not going to be good in your career or in life, just got to let them go. And that's how I'm kind of living the rest of my life in the military. That's how I, you know, whatever I can hand down to the younger crowd. some of my knowledge and mistakes that I made and just use what I have and uh, hopefully they'll, they won't make those mistakes again. Alright, so we're going on about 48 minutes now. Um, so before we uh, call it a night because, you know, I'm an old man and go to sleep pretty early now. Now? Just about. <laughs> That's it's gonna be eight o'clock. That's bedtime. Bye. It's like, um, do you have any like a uh, business that you want to promote? Like, do you have anything going on? Um, myself, I'm just getting into my own. Uh, started my own business uh, earlier this year. Uh, I'm not really promoting it yet because uh, I'm not getting. I'm, I'm just still doing this for my own self. Really getting into the research and development of it. Well, well, what is it? What is it? And is it like a judo chopping or you know? Judo chopping? No, I'm actually. Um, it's more uh, uh, consulting um, with all the knowledge that I know that not just myself, but the people that I know, I can bring in the right guys, the right military, uh, former military guys, just army guys, but uh, and business types that can. Um, after working that contract, that FEMA and uh, Department of Homeland Security contract um, during COVID, I, I noticed that we really don't have the smartest people here. Um, this could work a lot more efficiently um, if you kind of let us in and let us do our thing. So once they, they realize that bringing a bunch of military guys in that on the soft side, not just former military guys, but on the soft side, uh, and we all put our heads together, man, we were, we were crushing things. They let us run loose, man. We kind of ran that program for a whole year. So taking that into consideration, I was like, you know what? That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to build a business consulting company basically. Uh, and I'm going to do that. I'm going to find these contracts and put the right guys in the right position. Uh, not just for the money. Even, but I want to make sure that, uh, say, I want you, but I want Tony to come work for me. You're making most of the money. I'm just not. Of course, I'm going to sell you this. Uh, but that, that's what I want. These guys coming out of the military that uh, make their own. You know, I know uh, uh, 
about one way or the other for me um, running that program. But uh, it gives you a sense of purpose, I think, you know. And we made good money at the time. So uh, if I can do that for guys who want to go play I'm going to do that and put all, find the right people and put them in the right positions. Yeah, well, that sounds really good. <laughs> in my head, it makes sense. Sometimes I spill it out, man, and it's like freaking words and flying. And I'm like, you know what I mean? <laughs> well, it's, you know, like I was telling Junior, it's like the military, you know, it's a great place. It gives us a lot of opportunities. Um, but I don't, you know, they teach us to don't engage unless it's three to one odds in our favor. So they don't yeah. really teach, they teach us to kind of be bullies, not really to win. And yeah, yeah. my parents taught me not to be afraid to win. That's what I'm teaching my daughter and now my grandbaby, like, go, don't, don't be afraid to win. Like, yeah. whatever your plan is, like you might have to adjust it, but you'll reach your goal if you keep working at it. Here's the thing too that I see in a lot of young people. Don't be afraid to fail either. You can't. You're never gonna know until you try. You know, it sounds cliche, but until you get out there, and that's that's kind of held me back. I could have started my own business. I, I knew I was what I wanted to do years ago, but I was afraid of failing. You know, so once I let that go and said, failure is just gonna make you better. Things have been open and doors have been opening. So, working out. just from my point of view, I've seen that people are not worried so much about failing, that they're actually pretty comfortable with failing. Nah, that's all right. <laughs> Somebody else will fix it. Well, yeah, I mean, that, that's, yeah, I guess that does come from curiosity. People, and I think that's just morals. I mean, that's just the way you're brought up. You know, yeah, but just so there's an understanding, like, if you fail, like, go fix it, keep at it. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's I think that comes with you know with people like that were always had that safety net. Um, you know, it's that generation where everybody wins a trophy. We never let those kids fail. It was always like, you know, so they were like, hey, why should I try hard? Someone's gonna pick up the, the slack for me, you know. Um, so yeah, I see it that way. Yeah, I, I see. It. Crazy stuff, man. I don't know. Oh, I, I know this is going going off back to a previous topic, but that horrible picture for the podcast yeah, yeah. is just to allow people – that's a horrible picture. I know it's a horrible – first of all, I'm not a handsome man, okay? Um, but it's to uh, allow people to let them know, like, so what? Good conversational piece, definitely. You open up that way, they're like, What is that? You know, I like it. <laughs> what is that? Never, of? <laughs> never in a thousand years would I have thought I would be doing a podcast to try to help my no. fellow veterans. Never, man. So, why would I care now? Like, look, you go decide whatever it is you want to accomplish and work at it. This is what I want to accomplish, along with spending time with my family and writing my two books and that's it yeah I think you need to I like the song your swap meet uh, hit, uh, mic is oh, going out again yeah yeah sorry <laughs> um, yeah LA LA flea market man LA swap meet cheap. Um, but you gotta open up with something else man that, that song is you know it grows on you little funky groove there but, but well, so, the, is it like copyright thing or is it so like i don't know if you understand this but i don't <laughs> have a lot of money to pay you know bts right. so i can play butter as my intro music well, one of your favorite bands dude, rush i bet they let you take you spend uh, so much money on their their concerts yeah i, I you use it no i can't afford a rush <laughs> song <laughs> All right, brother. Well, shit. Uh, 
I was actually trying to learn a few chords here on my 12 string so I could have like Oh, you're going to play your own? Yeah, it's going to be really crappy, but Right on. It'll be my own. Well, it should hey, you know, I have an idea. Play your crappy song and but continue to practice it and eventually, you know, a couple of years, like everybody's rocking and Sign on. You're like, oh, this song got a lot better than the episode three. <laughs> nah, it's it's just gonna be crappy. You have no faith in your music ability or what? No, no, no. I'm gonna improve, but the crappy song will be the intro to allow people to know, like, it's okay. Oh, okay. It's it's what what is it hurting? My ears. I. Well, <laughs> there. Are, Thousand podcasts. Like, yeah. You know, I hope you listen to this and get something out of it. But this is my podcast. This is what I want to do. I'm going to invite the people on I want to have on here. Oh, and admin note: I, I spoke to uh, the young lady who works from Onward to Opportunity, and she agreed to be on uh, sometime in early October. And my physical fitness trainer will probably be on next week sometime. That's cool, man. You know, um, getting some. Uh... Those people will have a lot more information. Well, because well, I hope somebody got something out of this. We retired from the military. We didn't retire from life. True. You know, so you shouldn't put on a hundred pounds within two months of getting out. It just isn't no, healthy. No, no. I, I'll, I'll let you know. Do not drink every day, starting at you know eleven thirty, for you know when you first get out for four or five months. Because that's what I did. Realized that I was really out of shape and my liver was taking a beating, so you know, I had to get back into the gym and stuff. So, don't do that. If you take anything away from this, don't do what I did when I first started out. <laughs> All right, well, you know, we always because my grandbaby likes it now, um, she likes that we recognize uh, puppies on here. Do you have a, a wolverine or a horse or yeah, I got three horses oh. here, man. Oh, before before you go, I have to I have to let people know that um, part of it is because uh, you know my grandbaby likes puppies. She likes that little French bulldog taco. But the other part is um, Jesse here is the person who helped me secure a donkey in Iraq. Yep, and that was probably the highlight of my military career. Yeah, man, I still remember that night. You rode that sucker back on a wagon and <laughs> right through the base of your camp area. You know, yeah, I felt like Pancho Villa. Yeah, you looked like him too. I think and I have a it, picture. <laughs> it, it, it was great. I don't know who else can say that they uh, rode a donkey through Iraq. I don't think I have any idea you've ever had I've ever negatively affected it to that. I was always like, that sounds so ridiculous, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Wasn't always the best thing, but I was always right along with you, like, yeah, let's do it, dude. <laughs> uh, good times, brother. And that's the, the stuff that I miss, I think. Yeah, that was yeah. definitely the only thing funnier than that was uh, the day we woke up, and it's like, where's Donkey? <laughs> yeah, we get a call from the front gate that he's trying to bite people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that was a day or two later. I don't know. <laughs> Donkeys, some bitch trying to bite people. <laughs> so, do you have a, or do you want to say hi to your uh, family members? Anyone? Yeah, shout out to, uh, to just for your granddaughter right here. Uh, shout out to my little, uh, my my pups over here. You know, I don't know if you've seen pictures of my my three young horses. Uh, kind of horses. So we have uh, Rocky, Aquila, and uh, Cash out here. Yeah, that's how you want to finish it, dude. That's shout out to my pups. And uh, I don't know if any of my family members are here. So we got a nice horse that likes to sit down. She might need a whole bottle of wine to finish this whole thing. But uh, <laughs> I might do that. But, uh, brother, I appreciate you having me on here, man. And, uh, you know, hopefully I can get some better information on uh, things and, and, and you know, how we can affect uh, the young soldiers getting out of the military, but uh, always call, give me a call, man, if you ever need me. Definitely, and uh, for everybody out there, um, if you got nothing out of this, at least just know that 
you do have friends out there, just reach out to them. Um, if you're going through a hard time, if you're looking, finding a job or just alone, if you feel alone, you're not. So just reach out. Again, if you, I might not be the best conversationalist, but um, you know, email me arantoniorodriguez98 at gmail.com. You know, you can help each other out. That's what we're here for. That's what we do. We try to help each other. If, if you don't like this podcast, you can let me know that too. That's fine. It's like, hey, I think you're the dullest person on the planet. I, that That's fine. That's probably one of the nicest things I'll have heard in my, throughout my life. If you want Jesse back, just put in a request. Come <laughs> bring jokes, maybe. I was censored, though. I just want to let everybody know that I was censored. I was told to swear up and down. Yeah, so, yeah. so we have to keep it at least PG because my granddaughter might want to listen to this at some point. Yeah, I tried, though. I tried. So uh, with that, uh, you know, we'll talk to you guys next time. And zot, 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 roll tide.